0: And welcome to the first episode of the Blocks Decoded podcast. I am here today with fellow editors and contributors, Joe Coburn, Dan Price, and James Frew.
1: Today, hey guys, how
0: do you uh, doing? Today we're going to be talking about the Binance delisting Bitcoin SV, uh, the prospective Facebook cryptocurrency Um, We're going to be talking about the Coinbase credit card that's coming to the UK, Uh, moving on to the seven best apps to track crypto prices, 2019's most exciting Bitcoin developments and rounding up with the six most private cryptocurrencies you can use today. Okay, so this week has seen a lot of turmoil in the cryptocurrency (laughs) world. Uh, Binance, one of the biggest cryptocurrency exchanges, has delisted Bitcoin Cash SV. Now, Bitcoin Cash SV was a hard fork that took place um, two months ago, say, two three months ago, was that? Um, yeah. It's not even that, sorry. It's on the November the 15th, Bitcoin Cash split into two uh, cryptocurrencies, so a little bit further back. Um The resulting turmoil has come from the two different parties um, arguing with each other, Um, but it's come around to Binance CEO Changpeng Zhao removing Bitcoin Cash from his exchange uh, and threatening uh, Bitcoin SV uh, leader Craig Wright, um, who you may have heard of, as the <laughs> alleged Satoshi. Um, yes, so they're taking him to court. He's taking them to court and everybody's uh, very unhappy. Um, so this I find kind of amusing because so everyone promotes
1: cryptocurrencies, the, the path of the future and it's all automated and all that kind of stuff. And yet so many of these forks and the issues that come from them uh, are caused by, essentially, people having arguments and disagreements and very human, you know, personal interactions rather than anything to do with the technical side.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, I just, I wonder what Craig Wright's endgame is here. I'm not sure what, what he's what he's going for, you know. Uh, where do you begin with the mess that's been occurring? You know, you see these letters popping up on Twitter, they're suing people. I mean, it's it's imploding. It's crazy. I just don't see what he's hoping to get out of it.
3: Yeah, you know where they say... Um, for want of a better word if you meet an idiot um, or you had a bad experience once in a day that's probably your fault <laughs> uh, but if, if you meet an idiot so you having bad experience all <laughs> day you know maybe, maybe you're the one at fault um, uh,
2: that's yeah. <laughs> I mean it's uh, I mean where do you start the whole Satoshi thing it's just it's just insane it's insane
0: yeah and what's interesting is that if they do take him to court uh, Peter Mc. Peter McCormack, um, who is absolutely going, all guns blazing, saying explicitly, take me to court so that you have to prove for once and for all that you are. Good on him. Yeah, good on him. Good on him. There's there's going to be no corner left for him to turn. Um, Of course, the flip side of Bitcoin SV being delisted was there was massive price rises for uh, regular Bitcoin cash. Uh, And I think Bitcoin ABC caught a little bit of uh, positivity as well. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues into next week and beyond pending the outcome of court cases for Craig Wright.
2: When is that going through the courts? Does it have a date? Do we know?
0: There's no date as yet, but given how quickly his legal team were to send out letters demanding um well he didn't demand reparation did he he said he didn't want it as long as everybody apologized publicly but nobody has so i imagine it will continue quite quickly from this point Mm. what
1: i particularly enjoy about this is um ceo Apparently said, the real Satoshi can digitally sign any message to prove it. This is as simple as breathing for him or her, and we have the pub key. Until then, everyone is Satoshi, except Grade Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, oh, no, very, true. very true. I
1: feel like that will just make him more
0: angry, just you know, based on... His- <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Prodding him. Prodding him.
0: Oh, man. Okay, so from... Bitcoin SV, we move on to another cryptocurrency, or I should say prospective cryptocurrency, that's also causing waves in the crypto ecosphere. Facebook, the world's fifth biggest company by market cap, is proposing to develop its own cryptocurrency. Uh, Given Facebook's fairly dire reputation um, and the fact that they keep popping up in the news for all manner of security and privacy issues, um, you could wonder why on earth Facebook are pursuing something that is meant to be decentralized, focused on anonymity, uh, and generally not tying into what you would associate Facebook with. If Facebook do do it and do progress with it, it's going to be a stable coin used with WhatsApp primarily as a focus on money transfers. Um, Would that work? Do you think that there is a market for Facebook to take on something of that nature?
1: There's definitely a market for Facebook to have their own payments methods. WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger dominate the uh, messaging world and so many people use it for pretty much all of their interactions that you can see exactly why Facebook want to cut into that. But on the flip side, whether a cryptocurrency is the right thing, I I don't know, I'm quite suspicious of that.
3: Yeah, so way back uh, 2011, um, I didn't actually know this until recently, but I had Facebook credits um, so this was, I guess, you know, Bitcoin was around then, but it uh, hasn't really taken off. So they just created their own virtual currency. Um, and then it lasted like two years when it's dead. Um, so they, think, they've really been pushing this.
1: I think I remember that, actually. You used to be able to buy like um, little animations to send people on their birthdays or little presents in uh, Messenger, things like that, like little gifts and stuff like that. I'm sure that's what that was for. So it was more of a novelty than anything else.
3: Uh, yeah, well, surely that's what we want to do now. You know, just same thing, different coin. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, th- I, th- I mean, I hate Facebook as much as the next person. You know, I, I despise the company. But, but I do think if anyone's got a chance of pulling it off, possibly they have. And, you know, if you talk about adoption and user numbers and all that kind of stuff and... uh you know, if, if anyone could do it, it probably is them, ironically. So what part they want to play in it and what their motivations for doing it are, I mean, that's a whole question. But they could certainly make it work. There's, there's no doubt about it.
0: As the raised awareness of cryptocurrencies overall, if they can entice... I don't know how many WhatsApp users there are, but it must be hundreds upon hundreds of millions. Uh, and if that's <laughs> so about one and a half billion at the moment, one and a half billion. Yeah, <sighs> yeah I mean,
2: look at that. that, look wow, at that. Lot, yeah.
0: So if that's even if you just you get a small percentage of that. Exactly. Of yeah. Millions. Even even ten percent of that is you know hundred, 150 million. So, um, with that in mind, it could see a massive massive influx of, of money into the crypto world however if facebook just portion all of that off to themselves it might yeah. not have quite the effect uh that people think it will the the interesting thing is that it's kind of in
1: juxtaposition with what they are purportedly doing with their messaging apps so whatsapp is famous because it has end-to-end encryption so you know people can't see your messages mm-hmm. um but Facebook is reportedly creating one unified backend for all of their messaging platforms, which could remove the end-to-end encryption in WhatsApp. So that Facebook Messenger, Facebook, Instagram Messenger, and WhatsApp all communicate together. So that sounds very much like they're trying to take away some of your security, privacy, and anonymity. So then to be launching a cryptocurrency, which there are all the values of that seem out yes yeah, yeah,
0: yeah absolutely absolutely in that then i guess it would be more of a it would just become a digital payment system rather than what you would consider a true cryptocurrency with decentralization and shared yeah. gears and, and nodes and what but that. i mean
2: it, it, is there anything wrong with that to use the technology in that way to build it on the blockchain for the benefit that it can have but you know still
3: um, house. no but um i guess how do i see blockchain progress in the future do they take you know the traditional stance that one day you won't need to convert it to fiat you can just spend it anywhere or Mm -hmm. certainly at the minute and in the medium term it's great being able to send it to everyone but how are they going to convert that back to real money they can actually Mm -hmm. spend yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah that's that is a very good point i guess if they're pegging it or positioning it as a stable coin it will always have its intrinsic value uh, you know like 10- well i was
2: reading that they, they, they i was reading they're going to do it on a basket of currencies right so it's going to be split across across not just pegged to the dollar it's going to be split across a few different ones so i oh, don't yeah. know how that exactly will work when it plays out i don't know but
0: or if they use the dollar as the you know the the base baseline of currency and say it costs then 80 pence or 78 pence in the uk or and then whatever it is in euros etc etc but still stays Mm -hmm. pegged to a single dollar uh be interesting to see how that plays out like you said dan they've got the clout they've definitely got the financial backing to make something of this size work and work really well despite what we all think about facebook they can get it done um Mm -hmm. okay so Coinbase. Coinbase was in the news a little while back. They upset quite a lot of people. There was the Delete Coinbase campaign. Uh, That was a bit more of a flash in the pan than anything. Um, (laughs) So what was that to do with again? Delete Coinbase. Uh, They basically, uh, they being Coinbase, um, hired the... Um, a team of um, ex-hackers that worked for the hacking group, uh, and the hacking group have very strong associations with um, human rights uh, governments who are not very good at human rights, I should say. Uh, who have been <laughs> very diplomatic, <laughs> yeah. ironically. Yeah. Um, so Coinbase hired the several of that team went and worked for a different company that uh, Coinbase bought that company Um, and people were uh, I'm not going to say understandably because I'm not 100% sure on it but they were very unhappy about their acquisition particularly Mm -hmm. those those people and their links to uh, authoritarian governments so people were encouraging fellow crypto users specifically Coinbase users to delete their Coinbase accounts Um, it obviously did have A small effect on Coinbase at the time because they started to make it a little bit difficult to delete your account uh, and they tried to sort of stop the flow of the movement that way Um, it sort of petered out of its own steam really you still see a few hashtags floating around about it but it never became Mm. um, I can't remember what someone referred to it as this generation's um, oh, it was something absurd. It was something like just <laughs> generations Martin Luther King or something like mm-hmm. <laughs> absurd I well it. I well yeah, it. you know like a a pure crypto evangelist or something like that, but it was mm. it was an absurd, absurd comparison um anyway, so coinbase are launching the coinbase card which enables uk-based customers to pay in-store and online with cryptocurrencies the coinbase card is going to be a visa debit card powered directly from uh coinbase crypto balances uh you can take it into any shop you can take it into a pub a bar cinema supermarket etc 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 and spend your crypto as you would spend your regular fiat currency. Now, this sort of crossover for many people in the crypto world is where they see the true level of adoption is going to shoot up once people can spend crypto as Visa. Would you trust a company like Coinbase to implement something like this? Uh, Yeah.
3: Yes and no. I mean, for me, the bigger issue is that you're not going to be anonymous. You know, Coinbase will know exactly what you're buying. Um, Visa are going to know exactly what you're buying. Um, so it's no different to a regular card. You're just kind of skipping the step where you have to withdraw your funds. Oh man, never thought of it like that. Very interesting.
1: And I mean, it seems to me that Visa is almost competition for Coinbase, And for cryptocurrencies generally because it's a separate payment system that is very heavily centralized. It's basically Visa and MasterCard kind of dominate the entire world's payment systems. So it seems a little odd that Coinbase would be partnering up with them.
0: Yeah. um, And in that as well, uh, I think there's fees attached to the Coinbase card as well. So it's not like when you walk into a shop with your regular Visa or... I don't know if you have a MasterCard or whatever into a shop and you pay and you go and that's that's it. There are going to be some, um, some fees will occur when you spend your crypto using the card. And I believe you have to pay to get the card as well. Um, yes, uh, so you have to pay. For- <laughs> so the Coinbase card is going to cost users £4.95, the princely sum of, to actually purchase the card to begin with. Um, so for crypto enthusiasts, crypto advocates, that's probably worthwhile paying. For the man on the street who doesn't know what crypto is, why yeah, is I mean that that's
2: that's 95 Precisely. I mean, who is this aimed at? Who's going to get the card? You're spending crypto that's in your online wallet or wherever you're keeping it, wherever it's connecting to. You're spending crypto that's there, there's still no incentive for uh, the person on the street to go and buy crypto and put it there just so they can spend it on that card. You know, there's, there's no logic there, so it'll yeah. probably work and
3: it, it'll take off a little bit, but let's see. Yeah, but looking at the rest of the fees, you're, you're no better off than your bank. Um, in fact, and this kind of negates all the benefits of crypto because you've got a fee here, for example, chargeback processing fee, 20 quid, uh, crypto liquidation fees. Whatever they are, <laughs> uh, two two point five percent, and then you've got wow. then you've got mon- monthly limits, and you know it's like a five hundred pound ATM withdrawal limit. Um, so it kind of you seems can't like even you not
1: get
0: to all of your money either. No, it's like what's what's the point? <laughs> no, 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 I don't I don't see the point. I can't see it catching on because there's great alternatives as well, like the uh, the Monaco uh, visa, which off the top of my head seems to be a lot cheaper than those the the prices you just read out uh, Joe so um, we'll have to wait and see how that progresses with time uh, okay um, we're going to move on now to discussing the seven best apps to track crypto prices uh, this is an article that you can actually go to the Blocks Decoded website it's the website that we write for um and you can read this article uh, as well as the the two other articles we're going to talk about that are coming up. Um, and this article, seven best apps to track prices, um, it was written by Dan. So I'm going to hand over to Dan. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so I took a
2: run through of the seven the seven best apps to track your track track your crypto prices on Android and iOS. And uh, well, I don't know what what do you guys
3: think. What what do you use first of all? Um I don't actually use a mobile app. Oh okay. uh, hey. I, I used to. Um what was for one? Let's see if you've yeah, Block Folios is one I used to use. Um and I've tried Delta. Um but I find certainly when the prices are going crazy, um, you're just looking at your phone every twenty seconds. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I <laughs> just <remember laughs> it.
2: Okay, well let's move on then back to you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So all we've uh, learned yeah. here is that Dan writes pointless articles. No, can yeah. like, need to read yeah. for you uh,
2: t- <laughs> <laughs> uh No, so, I mean, I use Blockfolio. I use Blockfolio. But it's, uh, they, they all do different things, right? So some of them can sync automatically with your wallet. Some of them you have to put in your transactions manually. And, you know, some of them, some of them don't offer that functionality at all. So it, there's not really a correct answer as to which is the best one. It really depends what, what you want to get out from the app yourself you know and how you want to use it so uh and and of course some of them will offer you know a couple of thousand coins i mean who wants to check the price of two thousand coins on their mobile you know it's it's not something you want to do so um yeah and of course i should say i should mention as well of course though uh which is not the greatest follow-through into this but we have launched our own <laughs> uh, <laughs> price tracking app, which uh, uh, you can download. You can download now on Android and iOS. It covers you know the top fifty cryptos or so, and you no know, set watch lists, all that st- cool stuffs on there. So uh definitely check
0: that out. So yeah. that's called CoinWave, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's absolutely right. So. Blocks Decoded have actually launched our first cryptocurrency app. It is called CoinWave. Uh, You can grab that on Android and iOS. It's completely free. You can track uh, 50 or so of the top cryptocurrencies by market cap. uh, And links for that will be available in the show notes. Uh, So make sure to give them a read. Uh, It's our first app. uh, And there will be more apps coming from the Blocks Decoded team. Moving on. 2019's most exciting Bitcoin developments. Every year, there are developments in Bitcoin. It's not all hard forks. It's not all arguments, as we alluded to at the start of the show, although there is a fair bit of that. Uh, But Joe has covered the most exciting Bitcoin developments that are coming up this year.
3: Yeah, so 2019 looks really interesting for Bitcoin and there's a lot of stuff going on all kind of related around you know faster payments and more security so we've got the lightning network is possibly the most well known um but the stuff we're going to run through is is, it's all very related and there's a lot of potential for it all to work together to improve bitcoin the first of which is Schnorr signatures if i'm pronouncing that correctly um named after klaus peter so this is kind of an improvement to the way Bitcoin works um, on the on kind of the underpinning technological level um, of how it runs with its public and private keys. So it's a pretty important part. And the, the basic premise is that Bitcoin's blockchain is growing. We all know that the ledger gets bigger and bigger. And as we have more transactions, it, it's just going to get even bigger. So in a couple of years, if it takes off, who knows how big it will be? Currently, about 160 gigabytes. Uh, so <laughs> each. Each transaction you do, it has to get signed, yeah? So you guys know this. You have your your private key uh, Mm -hmm. and you generate your your signature and then everything else can use your public key to check that you actually have the permission to send this money. Mm -hmm. Um, But then what Schnorr signatures suggest is rather than signing every part of it, you will just authorize the transaction as a whole. Uh, so, for basic transactions, this may not actually yield much improvement. But when you get into multi signature transactions or the more complex um, smart contracts, this is where the size reductions can really benefit. Because rather than signing Dan as he signs a transaction, Gavin as he signs a transaction, and I could have 500 other people who have to sign it, mm-hmm. um, and then all those calculations, um, we just sort of sign it together this is a very simplified overview so we just have one signature for everything no matter how many people are taking part compared to you know one signature for every person and every little piece of it okay
0: well that's really interesting i can see how uh with uh, smart contracts that's going to really lighten the load uh especially like you said for the ever-growing size of the, the bitcoin blockchain uh, i know bitcoin isn't used for the same amount of smart contracts as kind of Ethereum or EOS or whatever, but uh, with the growing size and the processing times being what they are, anything that helps improve that time has got to be a positive thing, right?
3: Uh, yeah. So um, the biggest benefit is it could see you know a twenty-five percent reduction uh, in transaction size,
0: God damn, which that's, is that's loads. That's yeah,
3: thing, yeah. Um, and obviously, this won't be for every transaction. But, you know the, the more the merrier right if we do loads of stuff like this would would see massive improvements mm. so um moving on to taproot and this is again it's got some complex cryptography and maths powering it which we're um, we're just gonna skip over <laughs> it <laughs> if you want to look into it it's um it's to do with bitcoin's pay to script hash so the smart contracts um, and this is kind of a precursor to Taproot is MAST, or Merkelized Abstract Syntax Trees, which again, we're, we're not going to dive into a really complex computer science. Oh, go, go on, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you can go read our article. you <laughs> can read a little bit more. Or, you, know, you, can, you can go read for the, the, the white papers below these. Um, but basically, PaterScript and MAST are there to keep owners honest. So these are part of these are part of the smart contracts. And so the idea being that in the future, you can do this now, but in the future, this may become more popular and that you can have a wallet which has special conditions on it, like a smart contract. Um, so the most popular one of this could be multi-signature wallets. So no one person can spend funds. You need two or three or four, however many people you specify. But you don't just have to do multi-signature wallets. You can do any kind of smart contract restriction you like. So you could say, if you're daft enough, when you send money, you can only send it in multiples of five. <laughs> no, you, can, you can really do anything you like. So um,
2: just, just can I just ask a question here, just to yeah, roll sure. this back, how close are these two coming online? I mean, what's the process from this point to this being part of Bitcoin?
3: Well, so anything like this, you know, it's gonna to have to go through, um, in an ideal world a soft fork, it's unlikely to be a hard fork. Um, the Lightning Network is gaining popularity every day. But with Schnorr signatures, maybe we could see something perhaps the end of the year. Okay. Um, probably more likely next year, okay. possibly the, the year after to you know really take off. So they're not like right around the corner, but they are close. And they are being tested and being used. So back to Taproot with our multi-signature wallet or whatever conditions we want the way that's worked out is if i have a condition in my smart contract the only way to say hey i've met this condition i want to spend the money is i have to reveal or rather the software has to reveal all of the conditions in my smart contract okay. um, and that that's not ideal because if i've only met you know 10% of them mm-hmm. and i haven't actually met them all i still have to, everyone will know what they were yeah mm. So that's not great. And so the whole idea of taproot and mast is that you only have to reveal the part you've met rather than the whole contract. Yeah. And then kind of as a, as a footnote to taproot, it suggests that the pay, pay to script should have an agreement clause so that if the parties agree on a transaction, they can just sign it and be done with it. And we don't have to bother going through the whole process of... Forcing the, the terms of the contract, uh, whereas if I don't agree, then you can let the terms play out and everything can work out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit, a bit more security. You don't have to reveal everything, and also potentially, if you agree, a little bit of a, a bit of a speed improvement because it won't have to do those extra calculations.
1: That's really interesting, um, especially because I thought Taproot was an early 2000s new metal band. But, you know, they, <laughs> <laughs>
0: they
3: do sound like it. But um, Taproot, <laughs> requi- Taproot requires Schnorr signatures. So you can't just say, oh, let's have Taproot. Because we've- he-, he was the, he- he was the ah, guitarist, right. mate. Sh- Schnorr was the
2: guitarist.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. sure. laughs>
3: I heard he likes his sleep.
1: <laughs>
0: <Hey>. <laughs> um, so... So the final part of your article, uh, or the third point, is about BACT, isn't it? Um, which has been popping up in the news this week as well. Yeah, so um,
3: BACT is, I guess in its its simplest sense, it's just a new exchange for Bitcoin. Mm. But the, ex- the exciting thing here is it's being launched by Intercontinental Exchange, or ICE, uh, and they own... 23 other exchanges including the New York Stock Exchange so th- this is a bit of a big deal for for a lot of people a lot of people are getting really excited hoping that this will be the trigger point to get institutional investment into Bitcoin
0: it could bring in uh, a lot of money couldn't it um, if it does manage to win those people over and I think part of the recent increases in Bitcoin have been, well, from what I've read, it could be completely false, of course. You never know quite when what you read with uh, cryptocurrencies, but it has seen more money coming in, perhaps because this announcement was about to happen. Uh, and Bax has some very strong links, like you said, to other exchanges, um, and they're also they've also announced a partnership with a Starbucks this week as well. So you'll be able to start spending. Bitcoin uh, in Starbucks directly. So
2: they, they, they've been touting this for a long time though, haven't they? I mean, it's been delayed, God knows how many times now. I saw the other day it's pushed back to the end of this year, I think, is it? Until it's going to be fully online. So I was going to say that I, I looked it back to a couple of months ago, back in December for an article on the site. And uh, it's the same story now, three months later, four months later as it was then. It seems like really. Yeah, exactly. Ahead,
3: so. Nothing's really moved on, mate keep pushing it and people get excited about it. But the biggest problem is regulation. we an American yeah. company. They want to trade Bitcoin futures contracts. So that makes them, you know, they have to get Commodities Futures Trading Commission yeah. to agree yeah. and give them permission to do so. And they're dragging their heels on it. So they're at the mercy of the American government, really.
0: Uh, Which is exactly it? what we all hope
3: for from Bitcoin. So that's great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, The interesting side of that as well, I think, is that the introduction of more futures contracts to Bitcoin. And the last time uh, the CBOE introduced their futures contracts, we all know what happened. Uh, The Bitcoin price collapsed, obviously not directly to do with that, but... There was a lot of money riding on the price collapsing, so the introduction of yet more futures contracts is um, a worrying, potentially worrying prospect for crypto investors and enthusiasts. Uh, I should note as well that anything you hear here is not financial advice, and you must complete your own research just to get the way definitely
2: definitely not financial advice what's
1: quite interesting about Bact, though is that so in the run-up that you were just talking about at the end of 2017 loads of big institutional companies said oh yeah we're going to get involved we're going to do this and that and loads of blockchain stuff and then as soon as the price dropped They all just kind of went, ah, nah, I'm not going to do that anymore. We're going to all bail on it. So The idea that BACT has continued, even if they're dragging their heels a bit, it's slow. They're still saying they're going to do it even, you know, a year and a half later, which I think is quite cool.
3: Yeah, very true. Yeah, so they clearly think they can make a lot of money off their traditional investor clients. Mm. Realistically, I don't think they care about Bitcoin or um about no. you know me and you <laughs> uh, they, they just know they can uh make a lot of money and their clients will be able to uh further manipulate the market that's
2: yeah it's like, it's, it's like a slightly more sophisticated version of uh craig
3: Wright.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh watch out you'll be in court too dan
3: <laughs> so uh, very, very quickly let's finish off um this piece uh, yes. with Fidelity. So this is an investment firm, Fidelity International, and they're looking to open a Bitcoin custody platform. Uh, so they, they may have other cryptos in the future, but Bitcoin's what they're focusing on right now. So for me and you, this probably isn't going to be very useful to us. Um, but basically, many big projects similar to BACT have failed in the United States because they want to be a bank for Bitcoin but they they can't secure the funds. So so they may have loads of money, but they can't put down a suitable deposit or security to keep the bank happy. Mm. Um, So Fidelity is a service which will aim to provide that security. Maybe it's in the form of a loan or you you sell your soul to them. (laughs) Uh, But they provide that security uh, in in Bitcoin. So bank-like services for Bitcoin. But it's kind of like, Yeah, well, we've got Bitcoin. We don't really need a bank, so why do we need a bank?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's
2: in one sense it's a good sign. I mean, again, you know, it's bubbling away, isn't it? Back there's Facebook, there's Coinbase doing their card, there's Fidelity. They're all it's all bubbling away. But as you say, it's all just a slightly reinterpreted version of what was already happening and what's been going
3: on for the last few decades. You know, in regular banking. So yeah yeah but i guess if people want to see one day you know as we discussed earlier you won't have to convert to it you can just spend you get paid in bitcoin spend it anywhere um i guess this is kind of a stepping stone isn't it mm-hmm. we're gonna be mm-hmm. we're gonna need to have some sort of hybrid and stuff which doesn't look very interesting before mm-hmm. we can actually switch entirely but once the hybrid's in place we're stuck with it aren't we we're never going to switch after that
0: perhaps yeah perhaps you never know uh welcome the day when we all get paid in crypto I stumbled across an article I wrote in 2013 for a local company here in Cornwall about cryptocurrency the other day and uh I went back and looked at the price of of what it was back then and the advice I was giving in the article to go and buy now, buy now, and wish I'd taken it for myself. Uh, but that company also paid me in uh, cryptocurrency as well at the time, wow. uh, which I pro- huh. probably that's quite incredible. Yeah, promptly got rid of as well, which you know, uh, very foolish. But I know we've all got stories of how foolish and naive we were about cryptocurrency in the beginning. So, and that's part of the reason. And is that is that company still operating now? Still paying off? they They are not still operating they were an odd combination of two other market research companies that operate in Cornwall and it was like an experimental thing they were doing and it just didn't work out so that was a shame I know there is another company local to Cornwall that does uh, cryptocurrency, market research and copywriting Uh, and they were a very early innovator in the space Um, but I'm not sure if they exist anymore either Um, anyway, speculation we will uh, move on to the six most private cryptocurrencies that you can use today Uh, this is an article I wrote, like all of the articles you can go to the show notes. You can read all these articles on the Blocks Decoded website. So cryptocurrencies are meant to be private and anonymous. They're not all created equally though. Some cryptocurrencies are much more private and vastly more anonymous than Bitcoin uh, or Ethereum or any of the other common cryptocurrencies if you will, that you hear about day to day in the news. Uh, The most popular and probably the most well-known private cryptocurrency is Monero. And that uses several techniques that massively increase your privacy. For instance, they use a different algorithm. So they use the CryptoNight Proof of Work algorithm. As well as that, they use ring signatures um, and they use confidential transactions to make sure that nobody viewing the Monero blockchain can view or discern where you send your tokens, how much is in a single address or or otherwise. They can't track your payments. They can't find out who you've sent it to, why you've sent it, or where that person you sent it to withdraws it to. Monero has caught quite a lot of flack because of this. Obviously, being a, an extremely private cryptocurrency, it's led to some uh, more nefarious uses. Uh, we're not going to delve into that, but it's used widely on the darknet, uh, darknet markets, uh, and it was used extensively as a payment method for ransomware attacks. Um, but that has since died down, but that's mainly since the price collapse of the rest of the cryptocurrency market, making ransomware and crypto jacking attacks less profitable. There are other more private cryptocurrencies. Verge is one, um, XVG, and that routes payments and your connections through the Tor network. So all of your communications, payments, signatures and so on are are routed through Tor, they bounce through different nodes they are fully encrypted uh, it makes it extremely difficult for anyone to track re- realize what you're doing, what you're sending, uh, or where you're sending cryptocurrency
2: with, with all these coins do you think it's worrisome that there's so many that are potentially going after the market I mean can they all really compete against each other and survive alongside each other?
0: I think that with the amount of cryptocurrencies there are in general, 1,500, 1, maybe more, mm-hmm. you know. More, I think, yeah, more. Tens of ICOs, IEOs, STOs every, every week. Having a series of cryptocurrencies that offer much better privacy, even if they are directly competing with one another, is only a good thing for crypto consumers uh, regardless of what you think of what those people might be using that cryptocurrency private cryptocurrency for um, mm-hmm. it very much ties in directly to the core ideals of cryptocurrency yes it's anonymous, yeah, absolutely, yes. anonymous yes. currency so yeah just, just to quickly ask you
1: about Verge so I've not heard of it before so am I right in thinking that Really the main selling point of Verge is that because it goes through Tor you don't get the IP tracking. Other than that, it's a real relatively similar cryptocurrency to others. You just don't have that kind of traceability to which computer did it.
0: Yeah, that is a, a large a large part of it. The IP addresses of all users are fully obscured for everybody else. The core QT wallet which you well, Verge suggests you use, uh has uh, full Tor integration so again enhancing your privacy with the Tor, uh, Tor encryption mm-hmm. another option is Zcash uh, and Zcash uses uh, what's known as zero knowledge proofs to protect your privacy uh, this is also known as the ZK snark protocol, I hope I've said that right, I'm sure someone can correct me if I Didn't, but that's (laughs) for zero knowledge, succinct, non-interactive argument of knowledge. And I really hope I've got that right as well. Um, Zero knowledge proofs are a cryptographic technique that allows two users to transact without ever revealing their true identity or address. So if you had a a smart contract or similar, you could send to each other without ever realizing who you're sending to, how it's sending. You don't have to reveal your address uh, or anything like that. Similar to some of the other private cryptocurrencies, there's no tracking on the ledger. Okay, so there's Komodo, which has its own decentralized exchange. Uh, It's actually built upon Zcash, which we were just talking about. Um, And they are using, uh, they're providing a new App platform decentralized applications, uh, so that's going to keep growing. Um, after that, you've got PivX or PivX Private Instant Verified Transactions, uh, and that is another private cryptocurrency built upon the ZK Snarks protocol, like Zcash and Komodo. Uh, that's a good one because you can actually stake PivX to earn more pivx um and we'll put a article in the show notes describing exactly how you can do that there's a short tutorial you can follow on the blocks decoded website uh last but not least bitcoin private which is like bitcoin but way more private uh and that does help it appeal to more people it's got bitcoin in the name it's a direct fork or rather it's a kind of a unique situation which was a fork merge the bitcoin blockchain forked and then re-merged with z classic uh z classic was a fork of Zcash, cash which we've mentioned a few times now and they merged together to create bitcoin private so there's a lot of private cryptocurrencies out there that you can check out if you feel that Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, and the other common cryptocurrencies aren't living up to your expectations of privacy. Okay, so that brings the very first uh, Blocks Decoded podcast to an end. Thank you very much for sticking with us. And it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. See you, folks. And goodbye. (laughs)